0: If history was the other way around, suppose we started out with internet-delivered audio and along came broadcasting. Right. That would have upended all the problems we have with one bar, two bars, three right. bars, can I get a signal? You know, if it happened the other way around, that this would be regaled as a breakthrough.
1: Welcome to Brandwith On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio.
0: Don't you wish you bought Zoom stock? during the <laughs> IPO. Yeah, all
2: right. Brandwith On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media-morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwidth, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. For several decades, the term mainstream media has been weaponized, first by scrappy fringe voices railing against legacy networks and newspapers, and more recently by Fox News Channel and CNN and MSNBC and their cadre of radio counterparts. Our guest finds this ironic since ratings qualify them as mainstream. In his view, the obsolescence of the term has never been more painfully obvious than lately, especially during the George Floyd episode. Holland Cook is a media consultant, author, and he works at the intersection of radio and the internet, which always makes him an ideal guest for Brandwith On Demand. We're again proud to welcome Holland Cook. And thank
0: you for having me again.
1: Well, hey, Holland. It is always great to have you back. So a question. If we no longer rely on the old fourth and fifth estate heritage media anymore, who is considered mainstream these days?
0: Well, let me give you some numbers. There are an estimated 260 million smartphones in the USA, each of which can broadcast instantly and worldwide because Facebook has over 223 million members in this country, and over 48 million Americans post on Twitter each month. So how can you say that we, the people, are not the mainstream media?
2: Good point. The pandemic shutdown has accelerated a number of trends were already in motion, such as e-commerce and telecommuting. How has it impacted media consumption and perhaps, as importantly, media measurement?
0: Don't you wish you bought Zoom stock during the (laughs) IPO? During this pandemic, if you cruise cable news, you see a lot of living rooms. And uh, those CNBC people have some handsome homes out in Jersey. But even when we do get a vaccine or some other confidence that the coast is clear and they say, "Okay, you can come back to the station now, uh, will there still be a station there? Number one, Mm -hmm. shown the efficiency of remote operation. And this is not just a radio or a media story. Uh, Think about the pricey Midtown Manhattan office space real estate at X hundred dollars per square foot. Uh, what if the employees can do it at home? And as for broadcasting, this rough cut Zoom look you see all over cable news might well endure. Maybe we're at an inflection point where you see this almost casino-like Fox News presentation with graphics flying all over the place and lettering across the bottom of the screen and whoosh sound effects is that now going to become dated after the authentic, intimate way that we have made do uh, on TV? Mm-hmm. Will the consultant-decorated TV studio with a perfect lighting and the see-through plexiglass news desk and the cityscape backdrop now seem dated? And what about radio? We've demonstrated how easy it is to remote from anywhere. And many of us are working at home and sometimes you'll hear the sound of a dog barking in the distance. Right. And sometimes you'll hear a door open or close. And not only doesn't it seem to detract from the content, it really makes it sound real now.
1: Yeah, it does. It's almost like the Blair witchification of broadcast.
0: That's a good way to put it, yeah. Uh, the movie was obviously fiction but who didn't get goosebumps when you were watching it
1: oh yeah but between those home studios and the handheld cameras that every citizen journalist has to what extent is social media becoming news media or perhaps more importantly what's the impact on local radio news as
0: we know it well president trump has been using twitter who complain about Twitter fact-checking him and threatening government regulation, to which FCC Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel quickly replied on Twitter, uh, her, quote, social media can be frustrating, but an executive order that would turn the FCC into the president's speech police is not the answer. And she says it's time for those in Washington to speak up for the First Amendment and history won't be kind to silence, close quote. And it gets a little arcane when you talk about the publisher versus platform status that the social media platforms seem to want both ways. Once you do anything to curate, to footnote what's out there, you cross a line of liability. If you are merely a platform You're not as liable as if you were a publisher. And this is something that we in a regulated media broadcasting have a feel for. Mm -hmm. And look at the legacy media. uh, Even before this pandemic accelerated the desperation of various old school business models, every single week, some ruthless, cost-cutting corporate conglomerate has slashed the budget at a once proud newspaper and the paper's getting thinner and the font's getting bigger and they're using more pictures and there's less local news. And in cities as big as Pittsburgh and New Orleans, you don't even get a print paper every day. We've seen the bloodletting that the big corporate owners have wrought on radio. So uh, I think, sadly, we may increasingly depend on social media for local news i have read lately of an uptick in the use of police scanner apps so i think the question is if we the people are telling each other what's up do we trust each other to get it right because things become opinionized in the retelling
2: Can we, the unedited people, trust each other as useful informers?
0: But that's the authenticity we spoke of, right? Yeah, Yeah. right.
1: Yeah. But really, one of the things we're all facing right now is trying to do more with less. And inevitably, that means newsroom cuts, nobody to curate, nobody to research, nobody to fact check.
0: Best book I have read so far this year, which I highly recommend. Is Andrew McAfee, and the title is More from Less: The Surprising Story of How We Learned to Prosper Using Fewer Resources and What Happens Next. And whether you play for the political red team or the political blue team, you're gonna like what McAfee reports about how we have increased human prosperity while treading lightly on our planet. And I know this sounds very environmental, and a lot of it is. But the resources he describes are pertinent to this conversation, and they're not all ecologically tangible. And I want to read you a quote from the book. He says, we believe things because the people around us believe them, or members of our political tribe do, or members of the opposite side believe the opposite. Most of us are more likely to believe things if we hear them enough times since we have a glitch in our mental hardware to mistake familiarity for truth. And he writes, similarly, we believe a lot of things because our innate negativity bias is reinforced by a constant stream of dire headlines, expert predictions of decline and doom, and vivid images of things going wrong. Close quote. So you see how pertinent this is when oh, yeah. we all have instant access to the stuff from which the news is written, often opinionized, warped, and slanted in the process. Do you want to believe what Fox News Channel is saying about the pandemic, or do you want to believe what MSNBC is saying about the same story? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, pick a story, any story, you wonder if they're talking about the same story. Now we can simply bookmark cdc.gov, for instance, and get the information raw. It's like the farm-to-table mining, harvesting of information. We can cut out the middleman now, although, as McAfee says in this book, It's human nature to take comfort in the daily dance of affirmation. We choose our news based on what affirms our predisposition. So never has it been more caveat emptor. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can uh, huddle with your tribe and wallow in that source which affirms you. Uh, But I think it's wiser to have a diet which sometimes challenges you. And that thing in your pocket we used to call a phone, which we broadcasters hope will be the new transistor radio, also enables instant access to counterbalance that which may be flavored.
1: Yes, not to mention the pesky little cameras that are built in.
0: Absolutely. uh, Thus the George Floyd story, you know, captured by a passerby. Yep. This is the mainstream media.
1: Yeah. So to what extent do you see all these new tech competitors kind of making obsolete all the towers and transmitters and rusty stuff out behind the radio station?
0: Sounds threatening to ponder that. But let's be clear about the difference between obsolescence and extinction. Uh, AM radio has some technical and demographic challenges Uh, FM is a clearer signal uh, used by more of the population now. Uh, Time spent listening is greater on FM, and it will always be there. If history was the other way around, suppose we started out with IP. Suppose we started out with Internet-delivered audio, and along came broadcasting.
1: Right.
0: That would have upended all the problems we have with uh, one bar, two bars, three yeah. bars, can I get a signal, Offering. download times? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if it happened the other way around, this would be regaled as a breakthrough. But um, timing was awkward because just as radio's feeding frenzy began in the mid-90s with the consolidation and the cutbacks and the burning the furniture to keep the light on, Along came all of this new tech competition, satellite radio, streaming, downloads, podcasting. No less than the New York Times pronounces a former Fear Factor host and MMA commentator Joe Rogan the new mainstream media right. as Spotify is paying him a reported grab the armrest hundred million dollars who distributed his podcast, and I'm reading from the Times, they opine that, quote, reading or watching the news is no longer immersive as it was when you sat down with a bunch of papers on Sunday morning or in front of a living room TV. It is now a fragmented experience, usually done on a cell phone. And guys, our age, remember our parents who might have been children during World War II, My dad fought in the war and my mom talks about sitting around the living room watching the radio to find out the latest. And it seems quaint now that uh, what's been called the linear feed, you know, real-time broadcasting, would ask us to consume on their schedule. Fast forward to the uh, early 90s and the talk radio revolution that uh, Rush Limbaugh led, prolonged the life of AM radio, and... What we've got to do to keep up is make sure that talk radio hasn't transcended radio transmitters. It's up to us to give them something they can't get anywhere else. Unfortunately, it is that which is under the budget acts, local, local, local. Uh, The late David Brinkley passed a number of years ago, and uh, with all the archival stuff they ran, Uh, In the obituary 24 hours of broadcasting, which followed, there was Brinkley telling a story about the dawn of television, and he was an NBC radio guy, and he and a number of uh, his cohorts were now assigned to also work on this new TV thing, and he says they'd asked the boss, what have I done wrong? They thought they were being punished. (laughs) Right. You know, we are now in a similar inflection point, and however the audio gets delivered, it is gonna be judged and consumed by how unique and useful and user-friendly and engaging it is. Uh, We've already played this game with stations competing against each other. I think the vast installed user base that uh, FM and AM radio have is a tremendous head start. And it's up to us to populate that with stuff they simply can't get from Pandora or Spotify.
2: We are with Holland Cook, somebody you'd like to hear from. We'd love to hear your suggestions. Email us at show at brandwithondemand.com.
1: And be sure to check out the episode notes for links to Holland's works, including his greatest hits book. Just text Notes on Demand to 44222. That's Notes on Demand,
2: one word, to 44222. Coming up, Holland shares some opportunities that many may find hiding in plain sight.
1: Hey, it's Barbara Bridges, Operations Manager for Midwest Communications in Nashville. Our whole company is on the Music Master platform, and we love it. They're so responsive to any of the needs
0: that you have. It's going to create a log that you absolutely love. Ready to become a Music Master raving fan? Get in touch at musicmaster.com slash sales.
2: The stuff we know now, we wish we'd known then. Brand with On Demand. We are with the always exceptional mind of Holland Cook today. Holland, what opportunities do you see that others may in fact find hiding in plain sight?
0: It will not surprise you to hear consultants preach out about the fundamentals, but this advertising pandemic that occurred where the entire month of April was pretty much canceled... And when people are told, stay at home, businesses shut down, and when they shut down, they stop advertising. And every radio station in America got whacked with cancellations galore, many of them all in one day. It was just terrible. On my TV show, I interviewed one of my long-suffering clients, who is an independent owner, competing with absentee corporate owners, and I wouldn't say he didn't miss a beat during the shutdown, but he never got to the edge of the cliff because while all his competitors were advertising restaurants and bars and all the stuff that got shut down, there was a grassroots sales strategy that focused on service oriented retailers who were deemed essential businesses. Mm -hmm. And these stations happened to be in Texas. So, the appliances that you used less frequency, suddenly the oven died. If ever the refrigerator was going to die, it would be now. You need air conditioning because you can't just open the window. And the video of my interview with him is on my website at hollandcook.com. So I would say it all comes back to what you guys and I and our cohorts have been preaching out, sometimes in desperation, local local, local. It's a heavy lift the way expense budgets are these days. But if you do it right, it's going to make you conspicuous and the listener will notice. They sort this all out. They think of us as part of a menu of effectively apps, different buttons they can push. My dashboard in the car is now smarter than I am. It's feeding me about six different kinds of audio. Yep. But I'm going to seek out that which I can't get anywhere else
2: Mm -hmm.
0: or something only they can deliver me. So local, local, local has been demonstrated even during this pandemic as still being the golden ticket.
2: Our thanks to the always resourceful and insightful Holland Cook. You'll find links to Holland's Greatest Hits book and other cool stuff in the show notes of this episode. Scroll down on your app or text the words Notes On Demand, one word, Notes On Demand, to 44222. That's Notes On Demand, to 44222.
1: Our thanks to executive producer Cindy Huber. And coming up next... What things your station brand can do someday, and some things you better start doing now. We talk with the founder and
2: CEO of Amplify Media, Steve Goldstein. That's a wrap, Kipper. We'll talk about things that you should be thinking about in the one-minute martinizing. Find it in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And
0: I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brandwith be wise.